Welcome to the Intercut Podcast, the weekly show going over the TV, movies, and entertainment that people can't cut away from. I am your co-host, Zachary Shevich, and joining me, he's not so bad, Astra, it's Arturo Zarita! Coming from the two people, the one movie that slips away from us, that's the one thing with festival season, you go in, yeah, you watch the all these incredible movies. of my, uh, Astro commentary for this episode. <laughs> that's it, right? That's all we have to say about it because we haven't mm-hmm. seen it. How is it that we go to a film festival, right? Mm-hmm. We've seen all these movies and people are like, uh-huh, cool, yeah, great. But have you seen that Astra? No, you haven't seen that Astra, have you? Everyone will see that Astra except you. I guess that's the price you have to pay. But, man, have people hyped up that Astra for us? To- yeah, I mean, it, it, that is kind of the funny thing when you go to a film festival like this, especially for you and me who try to have an eye towards the future and see the things that are, are kind of not the yet on ones, the yeah, horizon, yeah. stuff like that. Uh, and then we come back and my dad was like, do you see the J-Lo movie? Yeah. You're like, I've seen 50 something movies. Let me just, just get a right. little bit of a break. He's like, yeah, but the J-Lo movie. And you're like, I guess it never stops. You got to go to the it's next one. It's an Oscar one. contender, though. Yeah, it's an Oscar contender. Uh, and then there's the Ad Astra movie that people have just been head over heels for. So, mm-hmm. uh, and I refuse to catch it anywhere but IMAX because people told me. Fernando told me. He's like, don't catch it on the biggest screen. Well, mm-hmm. the biggest screen showing starts in 10 minutes, and I got nothing until tomorrow. Uh, so we're recording this. So, yeah, it keeps getting pushed back a little bit. But, man, man, I'm excited to see that one. I'm really excited to see that one. I wish that was on the Same. on the what, what we've been watching, but... So, yeah, uh, Art mentioned him. He's joining us only in audio form, unfortunately, this he's time. Spirit, he's part producer, feel. part intern. He's a lot of sex appeal, but not on this episode. It's Fernando. Say what up, Fernando. What's up, guys? It's been a minute. You know, I didn't go to TIFF with you guys. I felt a little bit left out, but thankfully, I did see Ad Astro. So. You did. That's why oh. you stayed at home. One of exactly. us needed to be <laughs> to see Ad Astro. Yeah, uh. so I'll be the voice for that movie this this episode so sounds good awesome. sounds good I'm gonna have to fill in some gaps for us in a little bit we'll talk about the Toronto International Film Festival as well as the Emmy Awards mm-hmm. but first make sure you're subscribed to the Intercut Podcast hey. either the video podcast on youtube.com slash intercut pod or the audio podcast available on most podcatchers including Spotify now and also follow Intercut on social media whether it's Facebook Twitter or Instagram we are at Intercut Pod that's at Intercut P-O-D that's short for podcast. And we also are brought to you by Mord and Co. Candles. Some of you guys have heard this over at Let Me Explain. We're good friends with them over there. And look at that. We got our first little sponsorship over here on Intercut. And it's going to be a running one. Uh, quick shout out to them. We're going to have the links down below. This is... You. What's the best season, guys? Fall. Thank you. Zach, yeah. are you quiet over there? What's the best season? I mean... I, I was hoping that you would say fall, but I was a little worried right. that our chemistry wasn't going to line up. Dude, there's a reason why we should have a podcast together. Fall we is should the host best a podcast. Fall, fall is the best season, and Morning Cold Candles, uh, good friends of us, they're based in California, and they do candles for, like, literally everything. Uh, a lot of Disney-style candles, a lot of seasonal candles. This one right here is Pumpkin King, so it's not just seasonal. For And we know those fans are big. What is Who's the Pumpkin King, if I'm not mistaken? I think it's from... Uh, uh, Nightmare, Nightmare Before, Before Christmas. Christmas. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Uh, dude, can you smell it? Zach, over in New York, can you smell it? Hey, over in Florida, can you Ooh. smell it? Mm-hmm. They ain't got that That's good much. Mm. They ain't got internet over there in Florida right now. But I'm pretty <laughs> sure you'll be able to smell it at a certain point. I'm going to light this bad boy up. But, uh, yeah, Art's been hyping these candles up to me. I'm excited to get my hands on them soon. Uh, you can head over to 
etsy.com and search for morton co for all the different types of uh disney designs mm. they've got including uh mistress of evil and the redhead Ooh. which we were talking about the star Damn. wars one right now that's one of the big ones that we're we've yeah. been, that we've been arguing for there's a light side and there's a dark side oh that's dope which and that's you're the big dope. star wars fan whichever yeah. one you think is better let us know I'm gonna have to pick one up in case another hurricane hits and my power goes out. Light them up. <laughs> it's gonna be supplied by the dark side. <laughs> but yeah, uh, shout out to them. Yeah, shout out to Morton Co. Uh, thanks again. So make sure you check them out. Art, before we get into Dude. TIFF, before we get into the Oscars, before we get into the Emmys, let's start the way we start every week here on Intercut. What you been watching? I'm trying to pull it up over here because I want to say that I mentioned to you gentlemen once before. There is a show. We finally caught the season finale last night. It's this little show on HBO called A Black Lady Sketch Show. Please yeah. tell me you've ever heard of it. Of course. Uh, there's it? a few people that I like who are involved with the show. Ashley Nicole Black, one of the main cast members, yeah. is on uh, Full Frontal with Sam B. Really? Uh, Robin Thede. Robin Thede was the head writer of Larry Wilmore's uh, previous talk show, which has been canceled. <laughs> yeah, uh, I remember that one. Uh, yeah, 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 the nightly show, uh, and I know one of the writers, Amber Ruffin, just got a new deal. Uh, but she's been one of my favorite parts of Late Night with Seth, Seth Meyers for a while. So there's a lot that. of really good talent in this show. Mm-hmm. I, I was excited to see what they were coming up with. You like the show though? Love the show. Love. No, 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 no. Awesome. This is a sketch show that has running uh, 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 Easter eggs. What the? F- what? Whoa. There is. Hmm. There's lore. Yeah. This isn't just SNL sketch. There's lore in here. It, it ends on a cliffhanger. This is a sketch show. Hmm. How does it end on a cliffhanger? How do they introduce <laughs> some of the best segments at the end? I'm gonna talk about the show in a little bit. I had no idea that the four ladies in this, because I'm brand new to most of them, other than Insecure, uh, Issa Rae, Issa. comes yeah. in for a couple things because I know she's producer. Uh, you have a lot of other really big, you know. Um, I think. Yeah, I you get people like did. Lena Waithe. I think shows yeah. up on this. First of all, did you know she wrote uh, the Slim movie coming out? Yeah, Queen and Slim. I had no idea she wrote that, dude. And she wrote the chat. Dude, she's way more talented than just being the actress in the Aziz show. She is. Yeah. <laughs> she's got some things in her pocket. I had no idea that those were the two yesterday at the Emmys, uh, the nomination for uh, Seth Meyers and for Samantha. Or who'd you say? What's the other? Sam B. Sam B. Uh, whether that history was going to be made. They kept mentioning, is history going to be made as the first black... Um, female writer to be to win for mm-hmm. the sketch show and all i was thinking was there's four women who should be nominated for this now i don't know if it's because of you know the dates yeah i don't know if the show qualified for this yeah. emmy cycle but mm-hmm. it is a little bit under the radar so I, I i don't know if it would necessarily break through uh i, I think it's only it's like a six episode first season i'm i'm hoping that it second season maybe is a little bit longer that's my only grape is that it's too damn short. There are jokes in this that if you pause, you read it and you go, huh, it's a, for a specific niche, you know? It's called Black Lady Sketch Show for a reason. And if you, for whatever reason, have never interacted with black women in your life, uh, start doing so. Because the genius in the writing that they have here, a lot of the jokes, uh, unless you know what a lot of it means, you know? Like if you don't know the mm-hmm. situation of a hot air balloon ride, when you just got a new weave, and if you don't understand that at all, then maybe the joke's not going to connect with you, but that's not on the joke's fault, right? There are some things that they do in this show where you don't even realize that... Okay, I'm trying to not spoil some of these sketches. 
you'll have an entire segment only to realize that the joke was never the joke. That joke was in a snow globe of another joke. I don't know how else to pitch it better than that. I don't know how else to I'll, I'll spoil some of the jokes later on for you gentlemen. I don't want to spoil it over here. But you'll be watching a sketch and you're like, dang, this is going out of... Oh, the whole thing was a commercial. It was a commercial <laughs> for that. Oh, that is so disrespectful. And there's three cool. jokes in one sketch. They feed you with this show. They feed you with the show. I can't recommend it enough. Some jokes don't hit as much as others. Some of the, uh, the I would say, impressions maybe are a little too mm. overboard. But there is some nuance to these jokes. And like I said, there's lore to them. I was actually invested to see the next episode, not for the jokes, but to see where the story was going to advance. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I love it. It's great. Highly recommended. You guys haven't seen anything? Nope. I just the ads for it, which are very funny, but uh, no, not the full episodes yet. They show you bits in the ad that are only funny after you've been invested into the sketch. Uh, Black Lady okay. Courtroom. That's just, that's what they end the show on, and it's like y'all had one. Like you know, like when the movie's about to wrap up, and sometimes you go, ah, oh, I don't. Sometimes the movie's about to wrap up, and you're like, it's perfect. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. This is the best way to end it. Yes. I, I love this show so much. I'm really surprised how much I like it. Do you like it more than uh, I think you should leave the other sketch show that <laughs> debuted this year that I think we both really liked? It's a valid question. That's all I'll put it. I'm not going to answer it. But the <laughs> fact that... Remember how I said like Heath and uh, Ledger and Phoenix? It's a valid yeah, debate yeah. to have. This is a valid debate to have. And I feel that fans of one another, even though one's way more white... And the other one's yeah, way more way black. More white. Yeah. You definitely would appreciate it. Like, I can't wait to talk about it specifically with you, Zach. Which is really okay. weird. Because you would think I'd talk about it with other people. But, but you right, specifically right. would get a lot of the jokes. But even if you're not in the, you know, even if you're not black, there's so many jokes in there that it's just like, they're so creative. These women are so creative. The, 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 the opening title is a Megan the Stallion song done in a <laughs> Muppet style. <laughs> the the clash of tones is so funny and you're like they should have had this show years ago awesome what the hell they should have had the show years ago i'm glad they have it now i'm excited to check out black lady sketch show on hbo fernando yeah how about you what have you been watching has it been uh at astra are you gonna hit us with something else yeah so i'm gonna talk about at astra going completely different cool. from art what art brought up <laughs> But yeah, Ad Astra came out last weekend. Um, it's getting a ton of great buzz from almost everyone that I've yep. seen really mm-hmm. online. The boy James Gray directed James it. James Gray. I don't know if you guys have seen Lost City of Z, which I think was his last movie. Um, I wasn't like crazy about it. I, re- I thought it was good, but I wasn't like super impressed by it. But I this- agree with you there, <laughs> but I wanna, I'm want i curious if you have the same opinion as me. It has one of the dopest last shots of any movie i, I think so think yeah i like yeah. the scale that he brought in lost dmz he brought to add astra because this movie's like it's not a blockbuster like it was it had a decent budget but it's nothing like interstellar type budget but this movie seems like like an epic you fe- do you feel like you can tell the difference in the budget between a, a movie like this and a movie like interstellar i don't think so because really like all the effects were like pretty top-notch to be honest hmm. like i there was never a moment where i was like "Ooh, that greens or like that cgi was kind of wonky everything was great um speaking of interstellar and nolan uh <laughs> nolan's longtime collaborator uh hoyt van hoytma is yeah. a cinematographer on this so that makes it even like the visuals are insane i mean brad pitt um 
It's great. I mean, he's getting a lot of buzz for Once Upon a Time, which I think might land him an Oscar nomination well, more well, than well. this. Well, 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 he's not doing any press for it, okay? All right, so he, it may slip, okay? Yeah, I doubt yeah. it. But <laughs> I think his performance is, in this is really good. Um, it's up there as one of my favorites of the year. Definitely, you guys have to catch it. Like, And definitely see oh, it no, in no, IMAX. Yeah, that's, that, again, like I said, the reason why I haven't caught it is because there's, I only <laughs> I only want to watch it in one theater. Yeah. The biggest IMAX theater I know we have here, so I've just been waiting on it. But yeah. I've heard nothing but great things. And thank mm-hmm. you for not telling me anything else because some people keep telling why you get really emotional in it, and I don't know what it is yet. I, I mm-hmm. have heard some people talk no, yeah. about the masculinity aspect either. of it. I, I just want to go in with it because I don't think it's going to hit me like Parasite. Mm. But some people have hinted that it's going to hit you. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to say the last 30 minutes. All I'm going to yeah. say the last 30 minutes are a ride. I hear so. it's that last first man. Like the first man necklace. Mm. But Similar. But if that if that didn't hit you, that this one will. Maybe you didn't have a daughter, but we, everyone has. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I've heard. That's all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Check it out. Check it out. All right, all right. Yeah, Art and I are definitely eager to check out yeah, that Astro. Maybe we'll go watch this. <laughs> <laughs> go now. Yeah, maybe we'll be back next week with uh, thoughts on that one. <sighs> For me, uh, yo, Art, our so, boy, our boy, Raphael Bob Wasberg has a new show. I hate when you tweet something that I don't know what it is, and I search it up, and then you go, this is, has me super invested, but you're not even done with the season, and I see there's another season left, and someone tells you, yo, just wait till it gets better. I'm like, Zach, I don't have another show to watch right now. I'm behind. So if if just the involvement of BoJack Horseman creator Raphael Bob Wasberg isn't enough to entice you, this is a series he co-created with Kate Purdy, the woman who who wrote the Times Arrow episode of BoJack Horseman. You remember that one, the no. uh, Alzheimer's one with the grand with, with uh, BoJack's mother, where everything just and he doesn't know when he's old. Yes, I do remember this one. Art, Art, could I interest you in an entire show that takes that idea and and morphs it out into a whole Greg, series? What's the name of the show? It's called Undone. It's an eight-episode show that's on Amazon now. Uh, it stars Rosa Damn, Salazar, Amazon. who I was like, you look familiar. Who, who are you? No, who are like, you? Isn't she animated again? Yes. Yeah. This, well, so that's the thing about the show it, uh, that's really interesting visually. It's rotoscoped. Uh, for for those of you who have heard of that but might not remember, it's like it's the thing that Richard, uh, Richard Linklater has used for his movies like Waking yes. Life and A Scanner mm-hmm. Darkly, where what you do is you actually film the actors and then it's a layer drawn on top of it. <laughs> so it's it's kind of like tracing, but yeah. then you're able to also accentuate certain things. And with a show like this, a show that dives in and out of different realities and dreams and scenes and blends together different moments. The art is able to morph around these characters in really beautiful ways, ways that kind of are similar to uh, things that people will be familiar with from the construction of that Time Flies episode in BoJack Horseman, where suddenly you're in one scene and and, and everything shifts around you and it's a different conversation happening. That sounds too up my alley. (laughs) Too up my alley. How long are the episodes? 
uh, half hour uh, each, like 27-ish minutes, those kind of things. You've seen those Yo, things. Yo, you can watch you've this seen, in an afternoon. You've seen the thing where it says, uh, the tweet that says, explain oh, yeah, to me yeah. what would give you the goosebumps? What you Catch just it. said. <laughs> Someone had tweeted out a 94-minute movie. I was like, that sounds about right. For me, it's, you know, 30-minute, how many episodes? Eight episodes. Yo, man, it, it, please. Did you finish it? Oh, yeah. It is really good. I, I will say that my favorite episode is the second episode. It's just such a, a marvel of uh, writing and structure and the way that the plot kind of keeps sort of folding in on itself. is it, It's one of my favorite episodes of TV all year. Um, but I think the show does a really great job of taking this very interesting, far-out idea and then grounding it in something very human, something that you can really empathize with uh it, it's not necessarily what i expected from the show at the start mm. but it's one of my favorite shows of the year easy easy and it, it's just m maybe the most thought-provoking i've seen thing i've seen since russian doll hmm. two two questions uh do you remember the movie waltz of bashir or waltz to oh, bashir? yeah is that also rotor scoped I've, i don't or know what that is I think that just might be the animation be, style. Yeah. Okay, well, shout out that movie. Fernando, Google that? Yeah, Google it real quick. Let me know what the type of animation was there. But the second one was, um, do you remember when we recorded with Amanda halfway through the year and talked about our favorite shows? And we already had a yeah. complete top ten. What yeah. the hell? What the literal hell? It's going to be the Yo, end of it's the gonna year be trying tough. to come up with stuff. It's going to be tough. I don't think I had seen Fleabag then. Emmy-winning Fleabag? <laughs> we will get to Fleabag right, in a moment. We'll get to a lot of oh other Emmy-winning shows in just a few moments. Uh, but let us know what you've been watching in the comments on YouTube or by shooting us an email. The address for that is intercutpod at gmail.com. Once again, intercutpod at gmail.com. Uh, we're going to move on to a segment about TIFF because uh, there's just so much to talk about when it comes to the Toronto <coughs> International Film Festival. Yep. Uh, Art and I both were in a attendance at it saw a bunch of movies art more than me uh but you know this is one of the one of the really important fall film festivals in that it sets the plate for yes, award season by debuting a bunch of interesting films uh i, I recently looked into uh, the statistics and nine of the last 10 best picture winners did screen at tiff yep. so there is a like yeah. ninety percent chance I, we've seen the best picture winner. I started, I, yeah, I started describing it. It's not just a blessing to be there because you know I've been t calling it the Woodstock 2019, better than 2014 when it comes to films this past decade. Uh, the film stock of film festivals within this last decade because it's just been an insane amount of movies that we're going to remember for a long time. That I was calling it. It's a blessing to go to these film festivals. Nah, this one was a privilege to be able to be there <laughs> to see some of these movies early. Like you said, it's like, is this where we? Cut the winner. Uh, right. We have Fernando here to talk about some of the from the outside perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Because we 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 do have an entire also to plug it in. Uh, Alina, Zach, and I we did it. Huge. The most in depth conversation we could have. We've done some of these. Where we're like, oh, let's just cut around some. No, we tried giving us, and we still feel like we didn't talk enough about tips. So let's right. go. Let's get we, into. We this. talked about a bunch of our favorites in a let us explain. That's also here on the channel. But you know, Fernando. He got to sit in Florida and be jealous of our mm -hmm. TIFF adventures hey, he and lived, follow though. along. Hey, he lived, okay? He was very <laughs> dangerous live. in Florida during that yeah. time, and he, he's okay. He I'm lived okay. to tell his story. Now I got uh, questions. 
Yeah, so let right, us know, like, what was your perception of the festival, and, and we'll let you know what we thought from the ground. All right, so my perception of TIFF this year was that it's probably been, like, the most stacked TIFF in a Bro. while. Like, Remember everyone Travis was Scott fighting. those shirts that said, wish I'm you were here? I'm going to yeah. send you one. I'm surprised you guys are alive because I was hearing like people were fighting trying to get into parasite screenings and like Joe like other screenings. Um, Yo, so I'll just tell my quick parasite anecdote because I'm going to see it very soon at the New York Film mm -hmm. Festival, and I figured while I'm in Toronto, <laughs> yeah. I might as well see movies that I yeah. am yeah. not about to go see in uh, New York. Let me give you the one and line then, setup. There was only three screenings for Parasite only on the first week, and what happens? Every single day, they keep adding parasite screenings. Wow! Every single day, they're like, oh, we, there, "There's so much demand. Yeah. Here's here's another." <laughs> Zach, why don't you see it? Please buy a ticket. Please. I was please. tempted. <laughs> I was like a third time. I turned down. I ended up having to turn down parasite like four times wow. by the end of the festival. Say that again. Say that it again. Took I ended up having to turn down parasite four times by the end of the festival. I will see it in a week. He's gonna I'll see, see it in, in a week. He's got it in New York, but like. Wow. Mm -hmm. I, I don't really want to talk about it anymore. And then there's uh, still so much more. We can yeah. talk about yeah. every movie we're hyped for, and then there's still the winners. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Art, you saw Parasite. I, I think you should at least mention it in brief, because uh, I believe it's uh, your favorite movie of Toronto. I'm, I'm, I have so much faith in this movie, I'm calling it a cliche already. It's a cliche. <laughs> it's a cliche. It's like mm -hmm. Pulp Fiction. It's a, it's a part of our vernacular for the rest of our lives. I believe it's going to be as i said what's going to help bridge those people who uh may not be too keen with uh, subtitled films and this is going to mm -hmm. be the one they're going to be like yo that's that's okay let me watch some more of those korean films let me watch some more of those french <laughs> films some of the other stuff uh i uh, a big part of that is going to be the responsibility that the academy has this is where i feel mm. the academy has a responsibility you may you may not give the give it the award but that better be one of the ten or the nine or eight or mm -hmm. seven and a half whatever they decide to do yeah. this year um yeah uh, whether it wins, whether it doesn't, it's it's going to have a lasting impact like Shawshank. It's going to have a lasting impact like Pulp Fiction. I believe it's the Citizen Kane of Korea, whether you want to wow. see it like that or not. And I'm just saying this in the in the sense of y'all have not heard anyone who's complained about it. Y'all have only heard people complain that that's the only Korean movie they're watching this year. Yeah. Yes or no? Eight more days. Yes I or see no? it in eight more days. This isn't a matter of whether it's good or bad. It's... Did it hit you as much as... It, it, everyone's going to know this movie. This is a cliche movie. It's not even out yet. I want this to just be the standard. It's going to get to a point yeah. where, you know, it's just going to be too big for its own good. Yeah. Uh, Fernando mm -hmm. said something a bit earlier that I want to circle back to in that this felt like one of the most stacked tifts in a while. And, and from my perception of, of that, like, it feels like there's always a few movies that kind of premiere and sort of fizzle out you yeah. know there's some things that get hyped up and then are ultimately di disappointments which one and i kind of felt like which the one? only two the only two that that happened to this t time was lucy in the sky and oh. the goldfinch really okay right but just about every other big tiff premiere parasite not being one of them mm -hmm. since parasite technically premiered at con yeah was kind of well received yeah you know? very I was well surprised received. by that yeah, I think yeah. the only other one that comes to mind that was kind of like lukewarm was like Harriet. Like per yeah. per performance aside from Cynthia Ervo, I heard it was like a basic biopic. But everything else like... And even then, that's still going to get its push here and there. Yeah. Like Lucy yeah, and is also the only one that sounds like dead on arrival. <laughs> yeah, and the thing I think also with Harriet, there was kind of a... Um, 
a feeling that that's what we were getting based on the initial mm-hmm. trailers. So I don't know if that was quite the the letdown that everybody was feeling. Yeah. Whereas people came with knives ready to attack the goldfinch. Yeah. Uh, and same thing goes for Lucy in the <laughs> hey, sky. As soon as we heard there was no diaper. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you all, y'all saw the Instagram right? For yeah. Ansel? Yes. <laughs> Bro, you, yo, Alina and I were watching it. We were so like, funny, man. was he joking or is? I couldn't like I saw. I don't it. know, man. I saw I don't him know say that. I was like, self-aware. "Yo, that's like really sad." When he said the thing about his mom, and I was like, "Man," because I haven't seen it yet. I was like, oh, "You know what? I won't even use stubs. I won't even use the uh, A list. I'll go and pay my own ticket on a Tuesday <laughs> when it's five dollars." But I'm gonna go support this man. And he's going. He's like, "But my," he's like, "My mom doesn't usually like my movies, but she liked this one." Oh. <laughs> and that, and he looks straight into your soul. That's what I yeah. hated. He's like, and it made me kind of like it too. Tickets on sale uh, everywhere. Uh, and then he said that, and I was like, was this an ad? Because then he posts all those selfies of himself. Maybe he's a, maybe he's a genius. Yeah. I think he's smarter he's than we give him credit us. for. Yeah. That said, uh, Fernando, those tickets. are some of the movies that I'm sure you weren't jealous of us for having seen. Uh, yeah. Were there others that you were more jealous of? What do you want to know about Uncut Gems? What do you want to know about Wave? Okay. What do you want to know about so Lighthouse? I got a couple questions. What you um, got? And since you brought those two up, I was going to make you guys fight. Since you like both of them very much, the A24 battle between Waves and Uncut Gems, which one are you picking? Or like? uh, this man doesn't know how long our relationship has been. <laughs> Zach, you can say mine for me, which is also yours. It's Uncut Gems, Baby, man. what are you talking about? As, We're way more in sync than you think we are. Because <laughs> on Twitter, you were saying, like, I'm still thinking about Waves. Like, I'm still thinking about out. Waves. That was going to go I'm up still there if it wasn't for her being robbed. Uh, right. I'm still thinking about Waves. I'm also still thinking about Uncut Gems. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Uh, it goes like this. It goes Portrait. Mm-hmm. It goes, sorry, Parasite, Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Uncut Gems. As my top of the year, not TIFF. Okay, okay. Year. Not I don't think that's I'll, okay. I'll say this about your uh, hypothetical A24 battle. I think one thing that is working in Uncut Gems' favor for me right now in particular is that it feels much more like a complete thought. It's a movie mm. that begins and it ends. And I, that is not a criticism of for Waves. Yeah. Because I think Waves is doing something very intentional in its structure. I, I know it's doing something intentional in its structure because otherwise it would be crazy. But it, it's... It's a more challenging mm, package. Yeah. Okay. Um, they're both movies that are a, lo- a lot. They give you a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can talk to you much more clearly about my thoughts on Uncut Gems. Easily. Also partially because I've seen it twice. Waves, oh, okay. I, I don't... Did you know this? Did you know this? <laughs> I didn't know. Did I you did know this? Know. Okay, let me give you two stories right here. The first <laughs> is a movie called The Lighthouse. Karsten Runquist from the Runquist Karsten channel yeah. decides, hey, I'm going to go see The Lighthouse again. He saw it twice. The second yeah. time, though, we see it with our boy, Robert Pattinson, sitting right there. I was watching The Lighthouse watching him in the lighthouse <laughs> bro he would twitch and i would know yo it's about to get crazy and carson's oh. like yeah i saw it he saw it at con he saw it again yeah. he loves that movie so much it's his number mm-hmm. one of the year hated it that means mm-hmm. well not hated it i keep saying hated it but people keep yeah not realizing that i'm just half joking yeah. with their it's not it, our type of movie it's like you hated climax. the experience of going through it best example here fernando what was the first thing you said when i said it, it wasn't my favorite was was it like more superior or climax? And you you said the first thing you said was I'm even more excited that you didn't like yeah. it. That has literally become the thing with everyone on LME. They're like, oh, thank God it's not in the top ten. <laughs> they, they, if it, the moment was in the top ten, they'd be like, oh, great. Um, mm-hmm. Zach decides 
You know what? I still got my uncut ticket because we had the extra. He, we had all got the, uncut all tickets. festival long. I was I was waiting. Like, maybe I'll exchange this yeah. for something, but I couldn't. I couldn't, couldn't get myself to part with it. So he got to see it early on on Tuesday. Uh, I want to say it was like, my first and my last movie of Tiff. Wow, isn't that beautiful? It was our last two, but it was like his beginning and his end. And yeah. honestly, I don't even know. This man comes up to me. He's like, I don't even. He gave me seven pitches. He goes, it's the most Jewish movie I've ever seen. <laughs> he goes, they don't stop talking. I was like, I don't stop talking. He goes, it's unrelenting. They're, dude, it's got people playing themselves. I got who? Yeah. NBA players and, and, and artists. singers, artists. And I was like, what yeah. are you talking I watched the movie. I was like, Zach, you didn't tell me it has this. And it has this. Wow. Wow. Yeah, there's there's so much to like about Uncut Gems. I really like And, and I'm also... I love this one. I was just about to ask. I, yeah. Uh, people who have seen me talk on this podcast know that I really, really love Punch Drunk Love. Mm -hmm. I have a deep connection with like that movie and mm -hmm. Adam Sandler's performance in this. And this feels so much like a like a weird mirror of that. Yes. they're not the same it's performance inverse, by any means. It? Yeah, it, this is the the angry, tense mm. side of it. If he, and, if he yelled and punched right Trump, down to the blue suit, he wears the blue a blue suit, suit in this movie, which I I have to think is intentional. Mm. The safties, uh, so, do, the safties yeah. do a lot of things where they're winking at the camera without winking at the camera. And I was like, oh, y'all just going to create your version of breaking the fourth wall. I gotcha. <laughs> I gotcha. I can guarantee yeah, you, that that's one of them, too. They know you know it's that. They know you know. Now, you, you asked us for a fight, and, and that's not what we ultimately gave you. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. I, if I can can throw a couple punches in Waves' favor for a second, uh, I will say that I think Waves is a much more challenging movie, okay. which is saying something because the Safties make very challenging mm -hmm. movies. And I, as somebody who watches a lot of movies, Art and I watch a lot of movies, like you got to kind of just take your hat off to some of the chances that Trey Edward Schultz is taking in this movie. Uh, th there's like some shifts that, you know, can you do that in a movie people, is what we said in our yes. minds. Whoa, okay. There's a lot of stuff like that can where it's like, I, I've never seen somebody try to do this. I've never so seen somebody yeah. use this to this effect before. So I'm really stunned by waves, but yeah. I ultimately really, really loved Uncut Gems. There's some right. things that you can say about like uh, Waves does it, and you can come out mad because you're like, what? That's not what movies should do. And then mm -hmm. later on, you'll find yourself going, "Hey, you know what's so good about Waves? It does things movies shouldn't do." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like you so for some people, at first, and then for you, some yeah. people, it, it's it's gonna be like awful. Break. You know, they're, yeah. they're gonna. There's going to be these shifts in either the way the movie is shown or the way the movie uh, progresses plot-wise, and they're just going to be, I'm out. For me, I, I gave in, and I was like, take me wherever you're going, because I'm just along for the ride. Dude, it's like Place in Beyond waves. the Pines, but for the new millennium. Hmm. Like, this is such a youngster's movie, if I were to say it any other way. It's meant for the youngsters. Uh, Interesting. I don't know what else you want to add, because then we're just going to be spoiling stuff, and I yeah. don't want yeah. to... I guess I just have one question about Waves, because I remember when it was first, like, announced, like, you know, Trey Edwards is making this movie with uh, Lucas Hedges and Sterling K. Brown, and people were, like, people were saying it was, like, a musical. Is it a musical, or is it just, like, music-driven? That's so interesting. I, you know, I remember people talking about that, and I forgot it until now. Like, I, yeah. it slipped my mind when I went to see it, but, he made a you know, the thing... He he, kind of did. Okay, um, and no one it's sings, not. But they do. Okay, it, it's 
it's not it's not a musical in the way that you're thinking about it, but music is so so important. Yeah. It's so important. That's very interesting. Uh, I I have a waves playlist. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say the that best way, Yeah, that's the best way. Uh, you call it waves playlist. I just call it my original playlist. That's what scared the hell out of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. What what's he doing stealing from my iTunes? One of the best things to do when you're watching this movie is make sure you sit with a friend or anyone who really builds the experience by hitting you on your knees going oh that's good bro that's radiohead bro that's this you have to have that as soon as we walked out i got to see it with zach i got to see it with alina right but as soon as he walked out who's the first person you said you couldn't wait to see it with zach wait what did i say it's it's a lot more you know what it's come on oh yeah caitlin of course i was like i can't say her name before you yeah like he came out and he's like there's so many there's a specific line with lucas hedges zach there's a specific line with Lucas Hedges in the car. Fernando, I'm just excited to you, and I'm going to say this to anyone who's who's seen me talk about Lucas Hedges. I liked him. Mm-hmm. I thought he was the best part of the movie. Wow, okay. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big Lucas Hedges fan, but I know Art hasn't been yeah, one of the best. not to be. I hate yeah. Lucas Hedges. I had to go see him, and, and you know this. This isn't like a hyperbole. This is the actual thing that happened. Uh, when Zach said, you want to go see him in Broadway, I was like, I'm going to give him one chance to see him in Broadway to see if he's that bad in person. I hated thought he was pretty good. But I say this to be consistent. That's to say, I loved him in this movie. Oh, my goodness. And there is a line okay. that Zach just, Zach was laughing, and I was laughing so hard. And I, I want the movie to be out so I could just send this mm-hmm. little gif of this line that he says in a car. It's so mm-hmm. goofy. But it's mm-hmm. you and it's everyone in that theater. It's everyone in that theater. Yeah, there there are moments that happened in waves that I have related to maybe more than like in any other moments in mm-hmm. uh, the movies I saw at TIFF. Nice. But aside from the A24 movies, what, what else stood out to yeah, you from? Yeah, so I was gonna ask you guys, cause we all know like the big players that went like Joker and Parasite, Jojo Rabbit. Jojo but Rabbit. what's one that's like under the radar that you would pick maybe like a foreign film or something because i got arts list right here yeah pick a country um, i'm hoping pick a country um let's go france like besides portrait i think there there was like a couple like les mis or okay yeah yeah but you said yeah. it yeah les mis was really good it's really yeah. good we keep saying it's got that energy uh, there was two things that kept running through the festival a lot of it was youth versus older people that again comes with ways uh we realized okay depending on how much you know this music, you might like it. If you don't, we've been having this discussion on whether there's a condemnation to the music or not. Because some yeah. people have noted that I kind of felt it, but then I also felt to my playlist, so I don't know what that means. Right. Um, there's so, clearly some filmmakers who have an understanding of, of modern youth. life, and there's yeah. there's actually it's funny because there's three movies. Uh, at this festival that use Instagram in a way that I've never really seen Instagram, Instagram used <laughs> in a movie. Uh, Les Mis is, is one, one of those of movies, them. surprisingly. Oh, okay. Yes, that is one of those movies and it has a third act that goes left, right, dem, conservative, liberal, no. <laughs> no, it's young versus I'm sick and tired of the old. <laughs> it, it's great. I keep calling that one. Uh, well, give yours first, Zach, because his is... <laughs> a do the right thing. And mine's oh, Lehane yeah. meets Training Day. Uh, let's see, the what else D. is from France that I can think of? La Belle Époque, I believe, yeah, is also one. from France. A uh, beautiful movie. It has to do kind of like Westworld where you recreate something. Well, this mm. is a, a guy who recreates anything for anyone. You want to be in the Victorian times? We'll get it down to a T. He just so happens to have a, like a surrogate father, a, a guy who raised him, who's having some marital issues and decides to recreate the day he met his wife. 
Whoa. But the actress playing his wife just so happens to be the actress who he's having problems with because they're dating. And it's really weird to see. Dude, this is a little bit of... Um, what were the ones, Zach, if you can remember uh, the, what I keep mentioning? And as uh, Alina called it a little bit of uh, Truman Show-ish. A little yeah, bit of uh, you were saying York. it's sort of the opposite of Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Because he wants oh. to remember her. It's not better than any of those movies, Synecdoche, Truman, mm-hmm. Eternal Sunshine. But if you're a fan of those, when this becomes available, watch it. Yeah. When this becomes mm-hmm. available, watch it. There's a point in the movie where you're like, is this an act or not? You forget whether you're in it, whether you're not. It's, it's beautiful. Uh, definitely put that movie on your radar. Uh, I'm trying to think some of the other ones. Name another country. Uh, Germany. Did you see anything from Germany? Uh, I don't know if we had anything. Or something specific. in Spanish? Anything like Spanish? Emma? Yes. Or I don't know if you guys caught that. Uh, I don't know. Did I see a Spanish one? I'm trying to see because I also do have some screeners that I've yet to see. There was one in Spanish called The Sleepwalkers. I can't speak to it fully because Alina saw it, but she gave hmm. me the Let Me Explain. Alina saw a couple movies and they were all in Spanish. Zana being another one. I'll mention though. Oh, Zana. Because I obviously trust her opinion a little bit. Yeah. Zana and Sleepwalkers. She described those movies to me. I said, enough. Mm-hmm. Let me watch it. I have to wait for it because the festival's yeah. over. But I said, enough. Let me let me watch it. Zana and that. She was describing these stories to me. I was like, these are stories that need to be told uh, to a wider audience. Um, Interesting. You got you got anything, Zach? Um, I mean, like art. What's up? I saw a German movie. What'd you see? You want me to talk about it now? What is it? The raft. What other questions oh, do you have? <laughs> <laughs> Should we wait? Should we wait? Should yeah. We wait? All right. Uh, Let's wait. I'm gonna give a shout out to some Middle Eastern films. Sun Mother, definitely go see it. It's a yes. very interesting tale of a mom who has to get rid of her son in order to be able to marry, and that son mm. ends up in a deaf school. He ain't deaf. That's really intriguing. Uh, mm-hmm. Disco, okay. I, maybe this is German, I'm not sure. Disco, pretty much look at it this way. Imagine you're a girl and, and, and you have this like dance competition, you're not doing that well, but you're very religious. What if religion was a drug instead? And when you stop getting the high of the first wave of religion, you get into more conservative religion and more conservative until it turns into mid-somar. Gotta say this Whoa. one always. Um, uh, Makoto Shinkai's Weathering With You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will be killed if I don't. Again, not as great as your name, but I feel like a lot of your name fans know this. It's still very cutesy, uh, and you will remember Senpai. Some of the other ones that I do want to mention here from another country. Uh, I think those are those are the main ones from other countries. You Will Die yeah, at 20 is an African film. Uh, you Will Die at 20 is an African film about this kid who right off the womb gets in the small town in Africa gets cursed. I want to say it's Africa, if I'm not mistaken. You can correct me. Because uh, the, the, the religious person says he's going to die at 20. And that changes how everyone at school, the people in the town, look at this boy. Because they really do believe he's going to die at 20 to the point that they're counting down the days. Final one I'll mention is The Platform because you asked for a Spanish film. I did oh, see yeah. one. The Platform is a, picked up by Netflix. Very intriguing story of kind of like cube meets exam where Mm. everyone is staying in different platforms they go up to a hundred and something levels maybe more i don't know food comes down and they start realizing the lower you are the people up on top will eat everything and not leave you anything interesting leave some gaps Uh, open so so that movie you will die at 20 you were just mentioning is sudanese Sudanese. so yes it's uh, Mm. from africa um yeah those were corpus christi is another one but i only saw half the screener yet 
Shout out to oh, the PR okay. team. Shout out to the PR teams who yeah. know what Shout they're doing. Shout out to doing. Poland. That's not what I'm going to say. And that mm. Poland submission is playing at Chicago. If you're in oh, Chicago okay. to watch it, I've only seen half of it. Have you ever seen the movie A Prophet? Yeah. If you're a fan of that movie, bro, this movie's, this movie's crazy. Mm. I've only seen half of it. Zach has a screen for it too. Zach, you need to catch yeah. it when you can. Yeah, definitely. Uh, those were some of the, the smaller ones. All right. uh, yeah, for me, there's a couple smaller ones that I just want to mention, not as many as art, uh, but I saw this film Synchronic, and, Synchronic. you know, uh, that's the new film from Justin Benson yes. and Aaron Moorhead, who have done a couple films together that have gotten some uh, buzz, despite being kind of smaller. Mm -hmm. They did Spring, they did The Endless. Uh, this is kind of cool because I think a lot of times film festivals tend to have uh, more pristine movies or more delicate movies, more, more uh, you know, thought like mm -hmm. they try to elicit thoughtfulness or whatever. They're not necessarily visceral, yeah. mm -hmm. but this was a very fun, visceral, entertaining movie, a low budget sci-fi mm -hmm. that has a pretty inventive approach uh, to it, its, its kind of world. Uh, and I was just with it. I, I was talking to Art about this on our Let Us Explain, but it's one of those movies where it's not like something happens and the plot kicks into gear. It's like a few different things are going on, and then all of a sudden you find yourself on the adventure. Mm -hmm. And and I love movies that kind of like pull you in in that way that you're not expecting. Uh, I was really really satisfied with this one. I'm sure there'll be people who like have some plot hole issues with Always. whatever, but it you know it's fun. It, it's a really fun movie, and it's one of those movies that I, I think a lot of people will enjoy, uh, even if you're not necessarily like into the more uh, awards-y type of movies. This is a movie for everybody that was at this festival. It's really jealous. I'm a huge fan of those directors. Mm. Not as jealous as not being able to catch this next one till 2020. Yeah, uh, Bad Education. Uh, oh, so I don't. Education. So you know, you were talking about like under the radar movies, and I don't know if we can even call this under the radar after HBO bought it for like what twenty million. Yeah. Some people well, are reporting. Well, the deal came out of under nowhere. I mean, no one knew that. What? Like you know, it came out of nowhere. Uh, but this is another one from Corey Findlay, who is the guy who directed Thoroughbreds. Uh, he he's got a particular eye that I think kind of works well for for these sort of uh, like subtly comedic worlds where yeah. it, it, it's the, it's the way that people talk to one another that kind of uh it, you get the comedy from it the little like ticks in politeness and things that you want to say but you don't feel comfortable saying yeah, yeah. i i think it works really well particularly because uh hugh jackman is giving a really funny performance at the center of this okay. as a guy who is trying very desperately to make the public see one face while his private face is a completely different one. Okay. It's a story about uh, public school funds being embezzled. It, it's got a killer Alice and Janney supporting performance mm -hmm. or, with a great that. Long Island accent. Uh, I, I totally dig this movie. I'm a little disappointed that it'll take so long to get to us. Yeah. I think they announced it won't be out until 2020, but uh, yeah, keep bad education on your radar. Yeah. And I was glad to hear good things. Yeah. Because I was scared it was going to be like Jackman's last movie that was supposed to be like Oscar bait, where he played that like political guy. That, Again, that was one right, of the reasons. Right, politician or yeah. something. And that also premiered at, uh, at a TIFF, TIFF, and I was like, um, what if this is just that again? But then I also yeah. thought, as I was telling Zach, 
Well, it is also Corey Finley, and the last yeah. Corey Finley movie I saw at Sundance didn't come out till two years later. Yeah. That's, it, the same thing's not going to happen. <laughs> it happened here, dude. Now yeah. i got to wait two years practically to watch this movie. Uh, Fernando, do you have any other questions for us, or should I? Uh, yeah, I got two more questions since... All right, let's um, make them quick. Since you brought up, Zach, that a lot of the Best Picture winners have played at TIFF for the last couple of years, do you guys think you saw the winner? Like, not the one that you want to win, because obviously you want Parasite to win. But from the bunch, if you don't think it's Parasite, do you think the winner has a good chance of being within those? There's only two. And if you don't think it has a chance, maybe, but no one has seen these two. 1917? Okay. Am I mistaken? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And Irishman. Hmm. That's it. Those are the only other two. Okay. In my opinion, unless something else comes out of nowhere... Unless Noah Centineo has a Christmas release for Netflix up his sleeve, I think that's it. Okay. Zach? Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm inclined to think that a few movies that were there are in the race for a Best Picture nomination, particularly movies like Parasite, uh, Jojo Rabbit, a movie that I thought was for, uh, really good, Ford v. Ferrari, mm-hmm. uh, just a really solid, fun movie. Um you know, I, I could even see a world where maybe Uncut Gems or Waves gets in there, although I, I wouldn't predict either of those movies yeah, at this moment. So. I'm hoping Uncut, though. I'm really hoping. I don't know if the ultimate winner uh, played here. Okay. And, and that's partially because I, I wonder if things are aligning for this to be uh, the year where Quentin Tarantino kind of mm. gets, you know, a legacy award. Whoa, uh, and I think so. I haven't even really... It's it's potential. It's a, an idea that's out there, no, but, but you're who sad, knows? I mean, dude. something that we neither of us have mentioned because neither of us saw it at Toronto, but a movie that got really great reviews here was Marriage Story, and I think that's another one that's a threat for Best Picture too. So, you know, I, I can't say for certain that uh, the Best Picture winner played here, but there's going to be several for sure nominees for Best Picture. That I think so. Here. He gave me a I stat so. that it's played here for the last ten years, so I want to say yes. The odds are in the favor for Tiff, but regardless yeah. of if we've yet to see the Best Picture winner, 2019 is better than 2014. Oh my goodness! Well, my last question would be the one that got away. Like, what's one movie that you couldn't catch at Tiff that you might? We catch? just said it. We just said it. Marriage, Marriage Story. Story. He's yeah. catching it in New York. I'm catching it in Chicago. Yeah, uh, yes, I'm so excited for that. But, one. but there's also I've heard a lot. really great yeah, things I've heard about really it. Really great things. That's probably the biggest one. But there's a bunch of other smaller ones. Uh, a lot of people keep Parasite for me too. But again, yeah. I'm catching uh, it soon. And there's tiny ones like Gundala has been a big one that people. Oh, you know uh, what's one? Because uh, Art, you saw this and I didn't see it. Knives Out. Um, oh. I, you know, I kind of wrote off Knives Out coming uh, in the days leading up to mm-hmm. its premiere, and then everybody seemed to love it. Yeah. Yep. I heard really yep. good things about it. Yep. I liked Ryan Johnson a lot, so I kind of now that's near the top of my list. Mm-hmm. Nice, I, nice. I think you'll really like it. All right, so uh, that's about it for our, our TIFF wrap-up. Thank mm-hmm. you, Fernando, for no uh, feeding us some of those questions. Hopefully we didn't make you too jealous, but yeah, gonna we got to talk going, about... Fernando forgot to ask this! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let us know uh, if there's anything from TIFF that you were curious about in the comments below or emailing us, intercutpod yeah, at gmail.com. 
reach out to us intercut pod on social media whether that's twitter facebook or instagram uh we'll get back to you or maybe mention it on a future show but let's spend some time on the emmys the emmys were last night we're typing on the monday mm-hmm. and a lot of a lot of movie uh, excuse me a lot of tv that we love was awarded a lot of tv that we love was snubbed uh, we're going to talk about a bunch of different things, but I want to start with Fleabag because it had wow. a very big night winning outstanding comedy series over Barry, over Russian Doll, over Veep, and over Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Phoebe Waller-Bridge also won the Outstanding Writing Award and the Outstanding Comedy Actress Award, the second person to do so, and the first since Tina Fey did so for 30 Rock. Uh, Art, were you happy to see Phoebe Waller-Bridge get so much success at this year's Emmys? I said it was a fleabag type of night. That's what I said before (laughs) it started, that's what I said during it, and that's what I said afterwards. I was surprised. What won? Did it win? Best comedy? What won best comedy? Yeah, it won, yep. it won Outstanding Comedy Series. It also ended up winning the Outstanding Directing for Comedy. What did I tell you? Which for, I hadn't well, mentioned. Uh, uh, did, did you see his comments? Did you see the speech for the best win? No. Um, so uh, that director and hilarious. Fernando both got to watch the show, but I yeah. uh, I missed the ceremony. The, the dude who got the best director for mm-hmm. the show, he is hilarious. He is <laughs> so funny live. Like, wow. It, between him and Maya Rudolph, I was like, you know what? You you guys own the show for me. Yeah. <laughs> After seeing, I was maybe it's just because Ken Jong was in the middle of whatever <laughs> he tried doing there, but he was really funny. And it, I told you something when it came into Succession beating out uh, Thrones for one thing. Thrones ended up winning the big one, and I know we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, but there is a little bit of it, and I know I was late to the party as well, but. I know a lot of people who have been like, yo, thank you for covering the show. And I was like, dude, thank the people who... It's been a word-of-mouth show like crazy. There are fans yeah. for this show. There are, uh, you know, British people who we know. Shout out Kai, who was telling me. He's like, yo, is it really this good? Because she's everywhere here. And it's one of those things mm-hmm. that to him, she was so all over the place mm-hmm. in the UK that he just decided That's to put it to the side. But it really is the real deal. And now that it's won everything... Zach, what did I say about you in Succession? <laughs> What which part of being succession that I'm now the succession hipster? I feel like does I like succession before all of you like exactly, succession. But does and I'm not saying it to be the hipster, what I'm saying is does it take so much of all of the acclaim takes away from the cute little tiny show that could because it's no longer the right. new tiny show that could. Mm-hmm. Now it feels like it's not Veep yet. Yeah. Yeah. But Veep well, is I think so Veep that she has to play I mean, I know that's the persona she plays. Uh, mm-hmm. But when she comes out, uh, uh, Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus. And I know you didn't see it, but her whole bit when they came out to present yeah. the finale of Veep was she wanted everyone off the stage. Right? That's her character. And I, right. I kind of wonder because, like, Phoebe also has a lot of big things. You know, she does have, she had it with Netflix. Netflix pulled an Adidas Yeezy on her, if you remember, with Crashing. So she literally just, from what I see, Crashing just didn't work on Netflix, so she said, screw it, I'm going to go with Amazon and just cast the same people again and redo the show. That's what it really looks like to me. Um, She's been in the Star Wars movie. She's writing a 007 film. She's set, and I love it, and I I can't be more thankful of it. But there is almost an appeal that happened to Chance the Rapper and a lot of other people when you become so big that it takes away from that nice little... Look at this pocket that I can share for you. This is a nice crowning moment for Phoebe Waller-Bridge. 
I just, yeah, and, I, and I, really I think hope people like us who have enjoyed Fleabag and enjoyed her other work are really excited to see this all happening for her. You mm. know, it, the perp, the ultimate purpose of awards like this is to spotlight something that maybe uh, needs a little bit of that spotlight or, yeah. or that would benefit from more people knowing about it. So I'm glad that Fleabag exactly. is going to be a thing that more people are curious about and more people are uh, interested in. Uh, but yeah, I, I do wonder what the next phase of Phoebe Waller-Bridge's career is because she kind of, it feels like she can kind of do anything next if she wants to. We right now. already had that. Now she has it. So this yeah. is one of those things I, I always bring up uh, the excerpt that was written for, uh, what's the Korean, the K-pop band, the really big one? BTS. It was said, uh, the excerpt on Apple Music was, and now that they have the stage, What's next? What did the Beatles do after Abbey Road? Like it, it's that thing. What did uh, what's his name do after Thriller? Mm. Will they be even better at the peak yeah. of their career or where they chance the big day? I don't know. I don't know what the next thing is. And I, I mean, the thing with Phoebe is that she's already proven herself several times. In that, uh, you know, Fleabag is great. I really like Crashing. Uh, Killing Eve is a series she created, and and she's been getting a lot of uh, also one positive buzz for that i think she might have even won an emmy last year for that so yeah you know she she's she's not a one-hit wonder easily yeah. no i'm wondering what uh, the fan base if they're gonna rick and morty it <laughs> you know because there's always that fan base that goes above me and be like we were here first yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I think one thing that sort of maybe prevents it from getting weirdly big or or whatever like is that family? she seems to think she seems to be not interested in doing any more yeah, of yeah. Fleabag. It that's seems to be I mean. over. So yeah, mm -hmm. that's why I think makes it so cool. But if you have not seen Fleabag, holy moly, Watch go it. see the hot priest of moly. Season two <laughs> is incredible. It's one of the best scenes of uh, the so the good. the year. I'd put it at least half a decade. That seems yeah, really Fernando, good. Yeah, Fernando, I've been seeing your reactions to it on Twitter. I was surprised you didn't make it your what you've been watching. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah, I, I recently finished it. I watched it, and I was just like, I was blown away. That second, because I really like the that first season, right? Right, it's good. And it's good. Yeah, but the second season. Second season is like, <laughs> it's like, uh, oh, okay. Um, and it's so easy to watch. Yeah, it's so easy to watch, dude. Mm -hmm. I accidentally watched it twice. I was like, <laughs> what? What else did we have that was a that was like a big upset, big win before we get to well, the real... Well, the final season of Game of Thrones ended up winning Outstanding Drama Series. As you mentioned, it won over a series like Bodyguard Nothing and else. Killing Eve and Pose and Succession. But it wasn't a sweep by any means. Uh, Peter Dinklage did end up winning another Best Supporting Actor award. But Succession took home the Outstanding Writing for a Drama Series award. And Julia Garner from Ozark somehow won wow. Outstanding Supporter Actress, wow. Outstanding Supporting Actress over all four of the Game of Thrones ladies. Mm -hmm. I mean, to me, that's probably a case of them splitting the vote. Yeah. You know, when there's so of many of them. they cancel out, yeah. Yeah, uh, considering that there's four of them. But that still is a bit of a stunner that Julia Garner won that award. Uh, but what did you think about about Game of Thrones getting one on the way out and not necessarily dominating? Well, I'm surprised that Benioff and Weiss showed up. <laughs> That's it. That, um, was the, that was the end of the sentence. <laughs> that was it. So I don't think, like, obviously in the program they only won drama and Peter Dinklage, but I think they still ended up with the most in terms of, like, the technical ones that they oh, don't broadcast. Oh, that doesn't get broadcast. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But um, what's seen on screen, though? The yeah. Amelia Clark Hive? 
Mm-hmm. Man, I, that's the only reason I feel sorry for Julie. But hey, if she's on Ozark, I'm pretty sure she'll be able to handle the handle the the, the Twitter backlash yeah. that's coming away. Yeah, yeah, it was insane. I mean, I, you know, I think the thing is that uh, with Thrones that we've talked about before is that, you know, you can say whatever you want about uh, the the drop in the quality <laughs> of the scripts uh, in the final season. But that's the a show was that there. Yeah. Yes. the production is outstanding. And that's a lot of what these awards uh, award. Mm. So, you know, it's not really surprising to see it get that much love. And I do wonder if to some extent you kind of just got to award it for being this huge thing that everybody was paying attention to. You know, I I think game of Thrones was unique in the way that it captured the public attention. Mm -hmm. Uh, And there's something to be said about that too, in a time when we're, we're, you know, subscribed to 20 different streaming services and uh, plus cable. And like, you know, it's one of those only one of the few shows left where everybody would stop and watch watch it. it. Yeah. I agree with you. One, since I know you didn't see it live, Fernando can attest to this. Oh my goodness, is it funny watching live TV, which I don't usually do, and seeing all the commercials before what I do watch. Streaming service mm-hmm. galore was like the Super Bowl ads for Netflix versus Apple versus I don't know WWE. If you <laughs> I don't know if you caught like towards the beginning, there was a bit where this guy came out and he was like announcing like a boxing match and he was like it's 12.99 netflix versus 7.99 disney plus or something um, like that search up who was, was so like, search up who was the guy who was commentating because i know you were confused you're like who's uh, the voice there was, was a guy like, commentating and you know the yeah. actor i'm blinking on his name right now it was like a he's a comedian and they pretty much just had him as no host so he's a commentator they would cut mm. to him he would he had a lot of misses he had a lot of misses but he would just commentate over when people were walking up or whatever and he was just a comedian he was doing it on the spot like holy moly announcers um besides all of those commercials and i'm linking on the other thing over here uh it was without a doubt going to go to game of thrones as their like goodbye their farewell their send-off but at least it did go to the people who deserved it the yeah. most. it is a little bit interesting though that even though ostensibly the game of thrones award is like kind of like you are so great here's one last one on the way out it is uh veep on the other hand didn't get that treatment another long-standing uh love of the emmys and they in that case they were more looking to the fresh blood of fleabag but it does feel a little bit like there's kind of like a tide shifting in the awards right now where uh we're getting sort of like a new era of uh, what are the dominant shows? Bill Hader ended up winning another outstanding comedy actor, and I, I'm I'm fully in support of that. It feels like Barry is kind of going to be one of the dominant comedies for the next few years. Yes. Um, I love this speech, too. Please listen to his speech when you have a chance. The, he won one for, I think it was for acting, and they asked him, yeah. what, when you direct yourself, he shouted out Hero, he shouted out all the other great directors that he has, but he says, when I'm directing myself, how do I win this award? And he says, I always go to my co-creator, I don't know his name, but you know, he always pops out in the front. He goes to him and he says, <laughs> let's move on. And he says that, <laughs> and the let's move on, got him this, got him the award. That's how he directed nice. himself. The second nice. opinion in the back, and I was like, I see the Bill Hader hype. Dude, this year it really came out of nowhere. Like this year Yeah, on he's Twitter, kind of the internet's favorite right now. He is the Ooh. internet's favorite. Like it's huge. And then that picture of him and uh, Phoebe when they both came out, incredible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, awesome. I want to wrap up the Game of Thrones talk by tossing it to Fernando in a tweet that he actually said. Uh, one of your final tweets that... Re- that are, you remember it? On Game of Thrones about rewatching it. and Oh, yeah, how, yeah. 
you know, regardless of what you think about the last season, dude, it's grand. Yeah. It it changed the game in ways. Um, mm-hmm. We were all looking forward to it. And think whatever you will. I cannot wait to rewatch it again. Yeah. I really can't wait to rewatch it again one day. Yeah. And I will say that, like, I kind of feel for the most part, it wasn't a very strong field of uh shows that it was up against yeah i i haven't heard great things about bodyguard uh, I, I know that the second uh, i haven't seen the second season of killing eve but the buzz around it has been that it's not as good as the first mm-hmm. season i haven't seen pose yet i know a lot of people love pose yeah. but pretty good. i, I pretty don't good. know if the buzz around that is necessarily like Big best drama show on yeah, tv exactly the only show that i love is succession on there and so i, I would have been happy to see succession take it. it you know if that would have yeah beat but it. I, that that might happen considering uh, it took year. writing, you know, next maybe year, next dude. year. We'll next see. Year. We'll see. Uh, although, speaking of Pose, Billy Porter ended up winning lead actor over yeah. Jason Bateman, Kit Harrington, Bob Odenkirk. A lot of people were really happy about that. Jodie Comer won lead actress over Amelia Clark, Viola Davis, and Laura Linney. Uh, but the real thing that we need to get to is the outstanding, outstanding limited series. Mm. Mm. Amy Adams blanked again. Uh, she can't win an Oscar, can't okay. win an Emmy. No, no, no luck for sharp objects. I didn't really have a problem with that. Uh, Michelle Williams took the lead actress. Jarell Jerome yes. won outstanding lead actor in When They See Us. I just want to le- read this list of people he was nominated against. Jared Harris, Sam Rockwell, so Mahershala scared. Ali, so Hugh scared. Grant, and Benicio Del Toro. And they all like, get... And it should be just it's kind of should it be an honor for him just to be listed among those guys mm-hmm. but it shows just how great that performance was that he beat them all his out. name gets announced right and in all of the other ones shout out margaret qualley for getting nominated for an emmy she was mad when she didn't win it and other <laughs> people were mad when they didn't win it but Jarrell's name was called and sam rockwell and mahershala and benicio all got up and they would have that was the name they wanted to hear over theirs. That was yeah, really yeah. cool. And I was talking to this to Fernando earlier specifically, just so I could say I was talking to this with Fernando earlier. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really wish it did say Ava, Emmy winning director. I really wish it did say I tweeted it. Mm-hmm. Right. Emmy winning. So, uh, whereas Drell Jerome won Outstanding Lead Actor in just about all of the series uh, categories where there's Outstanding Limited or writing or directing, those awards went to Chernobyl over uh, when they see us. And what'd you say? Everybody here is a big fan of both of those shows. Yes? Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Now we will continue. Say your say your say your Kanye. No 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 no. I I, I need to go last on this. (laughs) Okay. Um I wanted to see Emmy winner. When they see us, called. Mm-hmm. I wanted to see that. It's, it's, it can still be said. That said, and I was telling him, uh, it, I still think it. this is real. Yeah. It should have won. But even if all three would have taken it as it should have been, um, I still would have, what we still would have been talking about is Jarrell's win. For sure. If all three win, we're excited for all of them. But we, 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 we're extra happy of the Jarrell win. So I'm not saying that it makes up for this buffoonery that happened, but Jarrell's win is special. Fernando, please say what you told me and why that why what would have been really cool if it won. Yeah, so I was very mixed with it because I really like Chernobyl too. But it's a good show. It's is, a great show. It's overall like the best like thing I've seen this year still. I think. Um, 
so i would have been so like amazing and beautiful to hear when they see us win the overall best limited series because i know for a fact the five men would have won went on stage with ava and that would have just like been the highlight of the night i think for me it's the name of the show yeah show them yeah see them but okay emmys okay Mm-hmm. Golden Globes. This is your one chance to not be a damn joke. Yep. We watch you through the Martian comedian, <laughs> whatever that was. This is your one chance to not mess up. That, from what I know, that's the last big TV mm-hmm. thing. That's the last big look at the Twitter moments and look at see them. That's the last mm-hmm. big one that can do it. I'm not saying do it because it's the right thing to do. No, because it 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 literally is the best show that came out on TV. In my opinion, and, and and it's the one show I will be remembering. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. The writing, the directing, I'll be remembering hers for years to come. Uh, with Chernobyl, sometimes a comedy. Yes. I said this to you guys. I have it in my notes. This isn't bitterness because of afterwards. I had to search it up, and I asked you. I was like, do you know it was the writer from The Hangover? Yeah. yeah. Hey, shout out The Hangover. The alums seem to be doing well. One of them mm-hmm. got the Venice Award this year with Joker. <laughs> Yep. After directing The Hangover, the writer the of hangover The Hangover guys get got an Emmy. Sheesh, The mm-hmm. Hangover alum is pretty crazy. Shout out Craig right? Mason and Todd Phillips. Yep. And even look, look, look at the guest. One of them directing now. Yeah. Directing. So shout out Chernobyl. But Zach, take it away. All right. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm going to gonna spin this around. I'm going to turn, turn a car around a little bit. Uh, I was really blown away by when they see us. I think Ava DuVernay is an incredible director. I've been talking about her stuff for a while. Uh, I, when I compare when they see us and Chernobyl, there are things that I see uh, in Chernobyl that make me f- understand why I think it ultimately won. Mm-hmm. And I think it's that uh, there's a lot of very un-TV-like elements to when they see us, whether that's the aspects of the time jumping, the the way that it kind of where, where some characters are recast and then you have the Jarrell Jerome episode, which kind of changes the structure of it. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit more of uh, taking chances and experimenting with the form in a way that I think ultimately is probably why chernobyl took this home mm-hmm. took award this home took home this award because chernobyl is tv the way that tv is quote unquote supposed to be yeah. where you watch an episode and you want to watch the next episode because it's going to give you a lot of that same feeling uh i thought chernobyl was probably the best series in terms of a in terms of watching it with ease and and being captivated by it when they see us rightfully feels a little more like homework and i think that's ultimately the uh, it's it's beautifully done and i i think it has much more artistic flair than chernobyl uh but i think that's ultimately why chernobyl took home those awards hmm. i see that i'm unpopular though so uh <laughs> did you like that bandersnatch took home the best tv movie what was up with that category what I was like up with that did you see only- how even they were laughing yeah, because when I made it's, the video, I I sat through an hour long podcast where he said, "I'm surprised we got this funded." Yeah, and now he's holding gold, or whatever an Emmy's I made mean, out of. What? I, I feel like I'm not sure this qualifies as a movie. No, you know. know, 
Why? Why? That's why I take your when they see why does this get the benefit of having like a bunch of additional scenes that other five shows hours, don't? Five hours worth. It's five right. hours worth. I think this is a little bit like when uh, the OJ documentary won best documentary at the Oscars. I see no problem with that. I see no problem with that one. Though. This is TV. What? The- I see no problem with that one though. I see no problem with that one though. I am for it if because you and I have always been the biggest things. We make our best of. It's yeah. not split between. I mean, I think TV. in that category with the Oscars, the OJ movie was the best documentary, and in this category of TV movie, Bandersnatch was the best of the ones that was nominated. Was I just nominated? don't know why it was nominated in that category. What else was nominated? Uh, I don't remember off the Deadwood, top of my head, but the movie dead with the movie, uh, Brexit, <laughs> the King Lear and okay. my dinner with Irv, which I've never heard of. Okay. Yeah. I can't speak to them. So yeah, congratulations, Netflix, <laughs> black mirror. <laughs> uh, all right. So any other thoughts on the Emmys? I know both of you guys watched it. What did you, it, turns out that it is a record low for the ratings. Yeah. Were you surprised? Or did that. you think it was yeah. a good ceremony? Uh, just real quick, your idea on the no host? Both I think they should get one. They need to get yeah. one next year. They need to yeah. get one next year, and it needs to be Maya Rudolph. <laughs> yeah, she needs to host one of these sooner or later. She's too good. Yeah, She's too good. She comes out, and I'm like, dude, she's married to Paul Thomas Anderson. Can you imagine their dinners? <laughs> You all right, so those are our thoughts on the Emmys. Let us know what awards you liked, what awards you didn't like. Uh, leave a comment, send us an email, shoot us a tweet, do any of those things. We're going to move on to our final segment, the new to see, where we give you our picks for the week. Mm-hmm. Art, what's your recommendation? Uh, you can see all six episodes of one of the funniest sketch shows at home on HBO, uh, Black. Black Woman Sketch Show? Is that what I said it was called? I keep mixing Black up with Lady? the Black Lady? Uh, you know what it is. If you go on HBO, Black it Lady is one of the funniest shows that you can catch. I'm going to pull it up right here because I had it pulled up. Uh, in terms of theaters, I, I haven't been in a while. <laughs> so I am going to have to say, go see Ad Astro with me because I have yet to yeah. see yeah. it. So I'm very curious to see uh, what all the hype is about. It's very rare that I'm behind with one. But I'm a little excited too, you know? It's like, yeah. wow, okay, yeah. I, I, let me let me get hyped for this. Everybody's been talking about it. Yeah, so at Astron Theaters and a black lady sketch show. Nice, Fernando, nice. Uh, what is your pick for the week? Yeah, uh, theaters is pretty dry until the beginning of October with Joker. Um, so I guess I'll recommend Hustlers because I also saw mm. that and I was Dope. very surprised by Hustlers. Um, really enjoyed it. Uh, go see a great JLo performance. Um but other than that, some uh, anniversaries or like special screenings that are happening. Uh, the Sha- Shawshank Redemption's playing tomorrow <laughs> and Wednesday, um, or you know, it, it probably has already passed. But mm-hmm. and then The Shining is playing um, in a couple of theaters because Doctor Sleep that's is being released yeah. soon, and they're you know showing like a sneak peek of the movie afterwards. Um, and The Shining's great. I love it. So those are my recommendations. Sick and Zach. Awesome. Uh, so I gave you a recommendation at the top of the show for Undone. I, I really would yeah. like to, uh, I'd like you to report back next week having watched it. I have to report uh, tomorrow morning, probably. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's also another show called Unbelievable that just popped up yeah. on Netflix. Tell me. You seen it? I saw 30 Yo. seconds after I came back from TIFF. I was like, what, dude? No, I just got in bed. I just got in you, bed. We had to change it. It's got us too mad. It's, it's it's your girl. It's Tony Collette. 
I know, but before she came on screen, I was furious. Oh, it's so yeah, it's a really interesting before bed? show. You can't in, see that before bed. Yeah, it's not a show you want to watch right before bed, uh, as are most shows that are primarily yeah, involve rape, I would say. Yeah. But th- this is a really interesting show because it's sort of about a rape investigation led by these two women, uh, played by Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette. Mm-hmm. Although both Merritt Weaver and Tony Collette don't appear until the second episode of this show, the entire first episode is centered on the yeah. victim of the first crime in the uh, series of crimes that we follow. And and that is Caitlin Deaver's mm-hmm. character, Caitlin Deaver, who uh, was just great in Booksmart earlier this year. It's a much different side to her yes. uh, playing the the victim of this heinous crime who it has to be subjected to uh, all, all the undignified elements of a police search and the process of recounting her story over and over again. And what's so stunning is I think if you think about movies, there's so many movies and TV shows that have borrowed or used the trope of the uh, the raped girl or the raped and murdered girl. And for all those shows that do that, you've there's so many things that you never have seen uh, depicted that are depicted in unbelievable because mm. it takes you step by step through what happens to the victim, how, how they go through the process of reporting it, how through the process of reporting it, things can become misconstrued and ultimately work against the victim. And I think it does a really unbelievable job. Pardon the pun. Yeah. Uh, it does a really great job of illustrating how sometimes it's not even people with bad intentions, but just crossed wires and, stressful situations that cause you know bad things to happen and for women to have a tough time reporting crimes like rape the the immense contrast between the way that uh the male police officers go about uh talking to caitlin deaver in the first episode and how Merritt weaver shows up in the second episode is just it's stunning it's kind of made me emotional Mm -hmm. even and it's just like police procedure yes it's that no like police procedure not a police procedure show like the tutorial for police procedures it's the empathy really is what strikes you about the show you can and and i think that's so much so much conveyed through the performances Merritt weaver is so so good on the show i'm I'm still only three episodes in but i I can't wait to finish it I can highly, highly recommend it from uh, just those three episodes. Someone tweeted me about it today, and I was like, I'm going to watch it during the day. But I do want to catch it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But that's about all for this week's show. Uh, you can catch more from me, Zach Shevich, by following me on Twitter, Instagram, or Letterboxd at ZShevich. That's at Z-S-H-E-V-I-C-H. And check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash multiplexshowart. Oh, yeah, Fernando, let me go to you first. Yeah, Where can people can, find more from you? You can catch me, follow me on Twitter at border underscore logic to see all my great logic. content that I post there. Um, <laughs> and just keep up with the ADZ website. That's www.theadzshow.com. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. Dope, dope art. Where can people find more from you? You can find me on the A to Z show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We also got some Let Me Explain stuff over on Twitter and Letterbox and YouTube. I was like, what's the last one? Yeah. The YouTube channel. 
But of course, you can catch me here every week on the and all of us on the Intercut Podcast. Yes, you can listen to every episode of the Intercut Podcast on iTunes, on SoundCloud, on Spotify, on your favorite podcatcher. Mine happens to be a little app called Overcast. And then make sure you're subscribed not just to the audio podcast, but to the video feed as well on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash intercut pod where you can catch our bright smiling faces as we go through the latest in entertainment find new episodes of intercut every friday and supplemental episodes dropping all the time please leave us a comment like the video consider heading over to itunes and giving us a juicy five star Mm. review Mm. you know leave us a comment compliment my hair compliment fernando just on being part of the show you know (laughs) the audio really where you can't see it do that that'd be the funniest thing can you imagine being a new listener going like so like our facebook instagram and twitter pages all of them are at intercut pod to get updates throughout the week from art from fernando from me from all of our guests here on intercut thanks again for tuning in until next time oh you're such a fan of succession we'll name your favorite three roy children